0: The winter break is over, and we finally have UMass hockey games again. They are out in Wisconsin right now getting ready for the quick trip holiday face off, and we got all the details for you guys. Let's go! and welcome to episode 60 of High Character. Your regularly scheduled programming is back. We have UMass hockey games. It's been a couple weeks, but we are finally past the winter break. UMass is headed to Wisconsin to play in the quick trip holiday face-off. Kind of a weird way to come out of the winter break, but we are very excited for the games. They're playing Clarkson in the first one on Wednesday night, and we are here to talk all about that game. My name is Cameron, and I am joined by my good pal, Evan. Evan, how's it going, man?
1: Doing well. Good to be back. We were kind of back a little bit last week, even though apparently there were some posting issues with the episode. So quick little plug, if you guys didn't see the Belfast Arena review, check that out. Should be on all the places that you'd normally get your your high character podcast stuff, um, wherever that may be. But um, yeah, no, I'm doing really well. Um, nice little break, a little bit needed, I feel like, you know, because... I don't know, man, just two months of nonstop college hockey and having to make episodes about it can get a little overwhelming at times. But definitely feeling a lot more well-rested, ready to go, and really ready to just talk about this whole tournament. It's going to be really nice.
0: Yeah, and it's a break that um, UMass Hockey, I think, really needed. Um, they kind of went limping into the break. Just a a really weird first half of the season, all things considered. I guess we can refresh your memory since it's been a, a while um they started out red hot they beat the number one team in the country um a couple more wins against union where they blew them out team looking like their potential was really high after the um the team was pretty questionable coming into the season a lot of question marks that we didn't know of um and then they hit a really big slide once hockey east play started um some losses to merrimack or a loss to merrimack in an overtime win losses to providence losses to bu um, in, in really bad looking fashion Then they started to turn the corner that in the friendship four, they played pretty well. Then, uh, near the, the end of the first half, um, another bad couple losses, one of them to Merrimack again. So, um, very weird start to this season. And it seems like it's going to be a pretty difficult start to the second half of the season. Obviously Ryan Upco and Kenny Connors, congratulations to them. They're playing for team USA and the world juniors. So, uh, good good for them to be participating in that but unfortunately it means they will miss these UMass games and then also another question mark uh in the last game before the break we saw Reed Lebster kind of tweak his knee try to come back on the ice it didn't really look great so we're not totally sure on the status of him for this upcoming game um so I think mentally we're just kind of counting him out when we're when we're thinking about this one so um could be a little tricky but we have a a pretty um pretty rough looking Clarkson team in this first game so uh should be a good
1: opportunity to get a win coming out of the long break yeah I mean definitely you never want to lose I think I think two of your top maybe four point scorers for the team from might be top three not sure the, the exact I mean I think Morrow and Ufko are both tied for third so yeah we'll call it two top three point getters for the team obviously you never want that to happen but again for a pretty damn good reason they're definitely being rewarded for their uh, their very solid play for umass this year and uh it's a huge honor to be able to play for team usa so obviously we're going to support them in all those sorts of international endeavors but yeah it's super unfortunate that they won't be able uh, to play for us in this uh this tournament but um yeah the other thing with lebster i don't yeah i don't think he played at all in the third period of the last game that we ended up playing so that's kind of huge um He's, I think, the second top guy when it comes to getting points on the team. So we could very well be without our top three points guys um, for both of these games, which, yeah, on paper doesn't sound good at all. But at the bare minimum, I feel like that should it shouldn't matter too much against Clarkson. I think we, you know, like we, we kind of talked about our, our up and downs throughout the, the course of the season. And the, the, the big kind of overarching umbrella thing that we kind of all have to think about is how tough our strength of schedule has been. Like we have faced off against some of the best teams in the country already. And I don't think the same can be said for Clarkson. You know, we're going to obviously get into the nitty gritty of that when we talk about each team's schedules leading up to this point, but yeah, I definitely think that regardless of, you know, who we might be missing and who we're playing against, I just think we're overall the better team. So I, I think that's, that's going to play heavily into how we play uh, against Clarkson tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And I mentioned uh, kind of the overview Little late in the season now. We're not going to go game by game with these schedules when we're talking about the teams, but um, you, you know the story pretty much with UMass. But with their seven, six, and three record, they're still 12th in the pairwise at the end of the day. So that speaks to what you're saying about their extreme, uh, chal- extremely challenging schedule in the first half. Clarkson's the other end of the spectrum. And the pairwise, they're number 44, their record seven, eight, and two. And their resume for teams they've faced is very unimpressive um they faced uh number two and number three in the pairwise Quinnipiac and Merrimack um lost handedly both those times and the rest of their opponents their uh I was just going through the pairwise ranking of their opponents it's really really poor their their schedule definitely needs to be on the opposite end of that strength of schedule metric than that UMass is um no really standout outcomes um one standout, I guess, is they swept Arizona State yep. as number 25 in the pairwise. But other than that, it's all um, bottom 20 pairwise teams. So um, a very unimpressive Clarkson team that we're going to be seeing on Wednesday. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, realistically, right? Like, if you're losing to the likes of UNH and, you know, Mercy Hurst, shout out Johnny Lazarus, former former <laughs> UMass and Mercy Hearst player. But Yeah. I mean, like, again, like teams like union, like we beat union seven, nothing at one point this season, and they're losing to that union team. Like you, you just got to kind of do a little bit of, you know, deductive reasoning here and figure out, you know, where the weak links are and it's looking like it's Clarkson, like their, their pair wise is not great for a reason. And, you know, that sort of metric kind of takes all that stuff into account. So just purely looking at those metrics, it's not looking great for, for Clarkson whatsoever, but. Like I said, I definitely feel like we have the quality to see them through, regardless of who we're putting out there on the ice.
0: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, Their scoring sheet um, isn't too impressive. They have one guy, um, I believe it's pronounced Ayrton Martino. He has three goals and 15 assists for 18 points at the top of their list. But other than that, they're a team that's not scoring many goals. I think they're averaging 2.7 per game. Um, and they're also giving up two point seven for games, so pretty even there. Um, and nothing nothing about the the roster really like surprises you or jumps out or impresses you.
1: No, I mean, they have a couple of draft picks. They have a couple of guys. I think might be like a third or a fourth round pick, you know, like their team's decent. but again, just nothing's really meshing well for them. and they're basically a five hundred team that hasn't played against anybody. We're basically a 500 team that's played against some of the best teams in the country. I feel like that right there tells a lot of the story. And um, yeah, I mean they have a couple. You know, again, like Martino, three goals and 15 assists is kind of weird, especially when you're a forward. That kind of seems like more of a defenseman stat line. Like that just kind of jumped out to me immediately. They have a guy on their team who with eight goals and three assists. It's like it feels like you have to get guys on opposite ends of crazy of like the 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 scoring and assisting spectrum, which is insane to me. And yeah. I mean, I'm also, I guess I can lead us into the goaltender talk. Um, well, unless we, we got to talk about the UMass forwards first as well. I mean, really nothing much has changed since the last episode, but if you want to provide them a quick little refresher, then I'll get into the goalies for uh, for Clarkson.
0: Yeah. I mean, you hinted at it. Um, three of the four, possibly three out of the four um, top scores for UMass will be out. That's if you include Reed Lebster, who we're not sure about for Wednesday. Um, Lebster is number one. Um, Connors is in there. Ufko is in there. Uh, Morrow is actually tied with Ufko for third place. So I guess he's our uh, de facto points leader going into this game. He has 13 points off of four goals and nine assists. So uh,
1: could be a really big handicap for UMass having these guys out. Yeah, I mean, again, you, we like, we know what they provided to us all season, you know, like just because we've had a couple of weeks break in between podcast episodes, doesn't mean that anything's changed in terms of their impact on the team. You know, they've been, they've been kind of the, the lead forwards and they've been the guys that have been kind of been the, kind of the, the guiding light, if you will, you know what I mean? Like, because you, you need goal scoring to be effective in hockey. You know, like we showed very, very solid defense and goaltending early on. And then that kind of, you know, went down the, went down the crapper, if you will. And we started letting in five goals a game and, you know, we were still putting up, you know, some goals in those games, but you know, they, we, we can't expect them to to completely, you know, take the entire load. It's kind of seems like a case where you have to be a bit more evenly balanced to win games, but they, they've been doing very, very decent against very, very stiff competition. So losing them is going to be huge in my opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll see what the rest of the UMass, um, offensive unit can do the goalie. They will be trying to score on um, Carson actually makes it easier on us than a lot of other teams have this year. Yeah. Um, they have one go-to guy. He, his name is Ethan harder. He has 16 games started this year, uh, which is quite a bit. He's definitely their go-to guy, 2.58 goals per game and a 900 save percentage. So the stats don't jump off the page, but um, just, I guess solid in net not not fantastic not bad just kind of kind of standing in there
1: yeah he seems to be a nashville draft pick he was a fifth rounder all the way back in 2019 um their backup only has two games played but his stats are actually kind of filthy um 1.23 goals against average and a 952 save percentage i'm assuming that's in limited time on ice it seems like he started one game and then came in relief for another and i mean those are pretty decent stats granted the small sample size but um yeah, I'm going to go it on a limb and assume that they, what is it, Ethan Hader, Harder, Hader it looks like. Something to that effect. But yeah, 16 games played to two. It it definitely makes our job a lot easier trying to trying to figure out who gets who gets played. I think the last time we were watching, was it the Lowell game? Or it was Merrimack, right? That was the last game. Yeah, we. I'm pretty sure it was a little bit more evenly split down the middle. So this is definitely going to be an easier one to call. I think we're going with the ethan Hayter to be the opponent and we're hoping that he's an absolute sieve in in their net which would be definitely ideal for us
0: yeah it would be ideal the guy that we are hoping will not be a sieve on the UMass side um luke pavisic he's the guy now per coach carvel um so we fully expect him to get this first start out uh, in the second half his stats 12 games started uh pretty impressive 2.19 goals per game and 935 save percentage. So he's been holding down the fort. We we've, we've had some conversations this year about the defense, not helping him out too much, but all things considered, uh, these numbers are good and he's been pretty phenomenal this year in his first like full season of college hockey.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was the biggest question mark going into the season and he's been probably the biggest, you know, I don't want to say over performer, but I mean, cause now we kind of understand what he's bringing to the table, but Beginning of the season, we couldn't say the same. So I mean, I would say he's definitely been, you know, blowing away all expectations. I'm not going to say overperforming, but definitely blowing away expectations. And I'm I'm hoping that you know that that reign of dominance continues because I don't think we're going to be uh, making a whole lot of noise going forward if we don't have very solid goaltending helping us out. You know, like obviously the scoring's been decent, but I think it needs to improve a little bit. I think we need, you know, again more. More stepping up in that department, but yeah, I think if the goaltending stays as solid as Luke Pavic has been, you know, playing for us, we're going to be in a, in a damn good spot going forward. So Luke's the guy, he's going to continue to be the guy. And um, I'm just hoping that he uh, keeps up his very, very good stats. 2.19 goals against average and a 935 save percentage are just really, really good numbers.
0: Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much it for, for this matchup. Um, the winner of this game is going on to play the winner of the wisconsin lake superior state game two other teams that are a bit middling um wisconsin kind of near the middle of those pairwise rankings and lake superior state they're uh they're pretty bad this year they're number 57 in the pairwise so um our expectation is that the winner is going to move on to play wisconsin we'll see what happens obviously the games have to get played but uh definitely a chance for for umass to get a couple wins um a chance to have their pairwise ranking drop if they do lose some of these games. Uh, like we said the the other teams they're facing aren't nearly as good as they are in terms of pairwise. So um, kind of kind of sneaky but kind of a lot on the line here. you want you're, you're kind of at number 12 near the bubble of the NCAA tournament in pairwise. So um, these are important games and even though they might not seem like it, it's kind of a weird situation with Wednesday Thursday games in Wisconsin, but they're they're pretty important.
1: Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I mean, it, when you think about you know like the overall opponent, you kind of think like low risk in the sense like yeah, we we can't lose against these guys, right? Like, come on. And then when you think about it, if you do end up losing, it has major ramifications for the rest of the you know for the rest of your season, just because it's going to make such a massive hit to your pairwise ranking, which ultimately is what's going to get you into the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, it's it's definitely high stakes, even though you know the the overall quality of teams that we're playing is low all things considered like I don't want to I don't want to start going the whole Providence route like I did last time and I start crapping on the team and then they completely blow us out I don't want to I want to do that I've already been burned in that in that area (laughs) earlier on the season but I I'd like to think that we have a big enough sample size now about you know the teams that we're going up against going forward that we can make a little bit more of an educated opinion as to the the quality of opponents that we got on our on our plate so I I'm confident I want to, I want to, you know, let the record show. I am very confident for whichever teams that we play in this tournament. I think, you know, regardless of, you know, who may or may not be there due to, you know, injury or world junior responsibilities that you got to take care of. Yeah. It sucks for you, UMass, but it's going to be another next man up type thing. You know, like everybody has a job to do. And that was actually going to lead me into, I don't know if we're going to do any sort of crazy, like keys to the game. I know you usually like to do like, um, the advanced stats, like who's good at face-off percentages and things like that. I'm going to go right into my keys to the game. The first thing that popped out to me when I looked at this Clarkson team, they are freaking massive. Like, every single defenseman on that team is over six foot. Like, they're they're just very, very physically imposing team, it seems like. Like, I don't think they have a single forward that's under 5'10". Five, under five, like, most of their guys' height start with a six. That might be their tender height. I don't know what they're doing. You know, they might be bumping up a couple inches. We'll see. But most of their team are, you know, rather physically imposing figures, at least in terms of purely height and weight. I think we can exploit that. That doesn't mean that we need to be the the bigger, stronger team, even though I know that we have that in us. I think that means we need to be the faster team. I think we need to be able to outskate them. We have to outskill them. And realistically, we we know that we have that in our locker. We've we've done that against other teams, you know, like for example, I'm I'm hoping for this to be another union type series. I'm really hoping for there to be a lot of scoring end to end, you know, obviously on our end mainly, um, you know, I, I want to just see high skill, high paced hockey, where we are just going to grind them down the whole game just by wearing them out. You know what I mean? Like in the sense of making them skate. And I, I really think we can just outshoot them and outscore them, you know, in their own end. I think that's going to be a major key to the game is to just, just impose our skillful will <laughs> and, you know, whenever we can, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and uh, for my keys to the game, I have one that kind of goes along with what you were saying. You mentioned their height. Uh, they can kind of impose their will um, sometimes. Um, the stats uh, kind of align with that. They have five major penalties this year, which is a lot compared to other teams. So um, they they might be a big team that tends to get chippy and uh, has a tendency to have the other team get into their skin. So that might play a role in this game. Um, face-offs are going to be very highly contested. Clarkson actually has a better face-off percentage than UMass does. They're at 53.2%. UMass is at 52.9%. So two really solid face-off teams, um, especially with it being that high um, this far into the season. And then one X factor that I, I think might play a role in these two games here, um, the, the games are being played at the brand new Milwaukee Bucks Arena. It's called the like Fiz, Fizzer form. It's FISER Fis, yeah. form um they only play basketball there they don't have a regular hockey tenant so them setting up for hockey um it might it might be weird you see a lot of times with new hockey arenas that the end boards get some really weird bounces um it just doesn't totally feel exactly how you think it was that's that was the situation with the Barclays Center in Brooklyn when the um the New York Islanders played some games there they had they had some weird issues so I can I can foresee a weird arena kind of situation making a a play in in these games we'll have to see but definitely something to look out for as we as we look into these two games
1: yeah i know nobody can see my face right now but ever since you mentioned that it was being played there i've had this completely puzzled look on my face and i'm trying to do some googling as to why they aren't just playing where the milwaukee admirals would play like that just seems like where you would pick a game to play like it, it would either be on the university of wisconsin campus because i'm pretty sure that's where the badgers would play and then i think this is a separate arena because this is for uw milwaukee panther i don't know if that's actually if that's, a, if that's the same arena or not but because i don't know why you'd have an ahl team playing on a college campus granted that's exactly what the arizona coyotes are doing with asu but mm-hmm. regardless like that just seems off to me like when you mentioned that there's not you know normally hockey games being played there it's like are they really going to draw that many people like to where they need to have this massive arena? Like something just seems off with that. I don't know. Super weird to me, but that is a very, very solid point that quite frankly, I didn't think of until you mentioned that just now. So hopefully you guys enlightened a bunch of other listeners with that cool fact. I got to say again,
0: Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. Just look out for that. It's not a place that normally holds hockey games. So uh, any, anything can really happen there, but um our next episode after this i i don't imagine that we'll do a a game recap and another preview uh between the games just a day between the games so um we'll have a a series recap i'm putting that in quotes um for this uh do a a face-off recap that's what they're calling it the um quick trip holiday face-off so we will recap both the games there there's not too much to say about the next opponent that they'll have after this game, it'll either be Lake Superior, Wisconsin, both teams who are uh, pretty unimpressive this year. Um, doesn't probably doesn't warrant their own kind of episode, like Quinnipiac did with the friendship for. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see what we get. It's a, a little weird situation Wednesday and Thursday games uh, right around the holidays. Um, just a, a weird time, weird opponents, weird venue um weird name for whatever this is the quick trip holiday face off so weird yeah, everything that's convenience
1: store <laughs> like what's going yeah, on here
0: weird everything let's just hope to get some w's and and get out of wisconsin happy
1: yeah, it kind of sounds like what we did uh when we were we were going to that Milwaukee Brewers game a while ago it was like yeah everything just seems a little off like let's just get out of wisconsin you know <laughs> like once we finally finish off going to the like it's just i don't know man something about wisconsin and milwaukee is just I don't know. It's just, it's always weird. Like I always got weird vibes when I was there. Like when we were there a couple months or at this point, we're almost, when did we go there? It was April? May. May. So, all right. It's been like seven months then. I'm trying to do the mental math and having difficulty with it. But yeah, I mean, it was like, we got there and it was like only a day trip, like, which is essentially what UMass is doing. Like, I'm pretty sure they just got in there today. They play tomorrow and then the day after and then they're going to be leaving like it's basically the the hockey equivalent of a day trip for them it it just seems like milwaukee i don't know i could be throwing unnecessary straight at milwaukee right now because everybody always has to catch a stray in an episode of high character we just know that that's how it happens but yeah just milwaukee always just comes off as a day trip place not really uh any anything longer than you need to you know so let's hope we just get those w's and we can just get out of there unscathed but uh yeah i'm looking forward to see how the how the team does i'm hoping that we will be able to see how the team does because as of right now there's a little bit of a umass twitter scandal because uh not really seeing any streaming links for the game it could you know it could be a little bit uh difficult to get your hands on on a nice little stream or something like that especially if you don't live in wisconsin i think it's on, like the equivalent of nesson like for people who live in wisconsin so I don't know. We'll, we'll try and figure it out. You know, hopefully we can maybe tweet out something, you know, maybe we can figure out some sort of alternate solution. but yeah, everybody's trying to figure out how to watch the game right now. So hopefully we can put on a good display and hopefully people can actually see that good display on their uh, either computer screens or TV screens or wherever the hell you usually watch your UMass hockey uh, streams.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We will let you know if we figure out a a free way to watch this one. We'll we're still looking into it now, but hopefully there will be, um very excited to watch UMass hockey. Once again, it's, it seems like it's been quite a while, so we're both excited for sure to get it going again. Um, that is all we have. Make sure to tune into the recap for this in just a couple short days. But other than that, um, yeah, good luck to UMass in the, in the holiday face-off. Go UMass.
1: Go UMass. Take care, everybody, and let's hope that we can watch the game tomorrow. <laughs>